Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. During worship, I was really just overwhelmed by God's Spirit, really. And it's just such a privilege that we can be overwhelmed by His Spirit. And um, yeah, maybe we can just start by praying quickly as well. Yes, Lord, thank you that we can just be overwhelmed by your spirit, Lord. And thank you that, um, as Jock said as well, Lord, that we can come tonight and celebrate who we are in you, Lord, and that we can come and unwrap the gifts of who we are in you, Lord. Amen. So I really had it on my heart that um, God wants to talk about our identity and who we are. So... um, I did a bit of research among some of my friends and asked them to just send me like one line of who, if I would ask them the question, who are they? And some of them sent like a CV type feedback, you know, like this is what they do, what they like and what they don't like. And others gave very thoughtful one line like um, feedback. I was quite impressed. And some of them I'm still waiting to hear from. So. <laughs> I'm guessing the question was maybe a bit difficult. Um, And I think if I would have to ask you the same question tonight, you know, who are you? Then maybe you would answer a CV type question, I mean answer, or maybe you have a prepared thing that you say whenever someone would ask that. Or maybe you would be like the third group who in this moment in time really would not be able to answer the question. And a week ago, I had almost the same type of situation where I was thinking, I really don't know if someone would ask me who I am. I don't know what I would answer in that very moment. And um, it's fine, you know, but there is answers to these questions. And most of the time, who we feel we are or who we are is based on how we feel about ourselves. And how we feel about ourselves is based on a range of other different emotions. And uh, mostly these emotions are like how we think about our worth or whether we feel loved or whether we experience belonging or how hashtag blessed we think we are. (laughs) And if we say that um, who we are is dependent on how we feel about ourselves and that's based on these emotions, then obviously we need to go and look like what are these emotions based on. And if I can take just one of those emotions, like belonging, um, it goes quite up and down. And um, how uh, much I feel like I belong is very much dependent on how socially included I feel or how included I feel Um, how part I feel of my family, and just how part I feel of everything. And the one day, I feel very part of stuff. I feel like my social life is happening, and (laughs) things are going well. And then the next moment, I can go on social media and see the whole world is at a party, and I feel I'm the only one not invited. So then this feeling of belonging is really like a roller coaster ride. And I think most of us can if we look at those emotions, can say it is a roller coaster ride. And I don't believe that who we are has to be this roller coaster ride based on those emotions. And where the one day um, 
we feel overconfident, on, overconfident, and the next day it is just so much doubt about who we are. So I believe there's a more sustainable solution to, to who we are, and I would like us to read from Ephesians 1. It's quite long, so I just need to drink some water before. So we'll be reading from um, Ephesians 1, verse 3 to 14. And it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, to the praise of his glory. So, I think when we read that, then we can start to see that who we are is not necessarily based on how we feel about ourselves, but that who we are is actually dependent on whose we are. Yeah. <laughs> and just the beautiful thing for me about when Paul wrote these, this letter to the Ephesians is that this is how he started it all off. He didn't start with anything else. It's, it's as if he said, just hold on, before you do anything else, just remember who you are. And he could have started with other things. I mean, later on in the book of Ephesians, he tells us of things that we need to do. And, but before any of that, he just says, this is who you are in Christ, before you do anything. So who we are is not this place that we aspire towards, but it is something that we move from into anything, everything else. So it is so different to how we traditionally think about who we are. Um, and I don't know who of you have watched the movie Father of Lights, but in it, um, someone is talking and they say that Christianity is so different to any other religion because in other religions, you have to lay the table for your king, but in Christianity, your king lays the table for you. And to me, this is exactly what is happening here. Like, our king is laying the table for us. He's saying, I'm giving you this gift of who you are, and you can move out from this. And the only precondition being that we believe in Jesus. There's literally nothing else that it says we need to do than to believe in Jesus. So then, I mean, we can say who we are is 
definitely not dependent on what we do or how we feel about ourselves, but it is only dependent on whose we are. And I would just like us to just highlight some of the things that are written um, in, the, in Ephesians in what he says. And he says that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing and that we have an inheritance that we are chosen in him, and because we are chosen, we are holy and blameless, that we are adopted to the Father, we are accepted in the Beloved, and that we are redeemed. And if I just start with the first one where it says that we are blessed, and when I read this, I'm actually completely overwhelmed by what this could mean. I mean, I can't imagine the possibilities of saying that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. And then when, when it sinks in a bit, it's like it rules out the lie that I have not been given, that I'm not as blessed as other people. And it rules out the lie that I've not been given spiritual gifts. And it rules out any lies that comes from my comparing my spiritual stuff to someone else. It just cancels them. And then when we look at where it says we are chosen in him, so the first memory that I have of not being chosen for something was in about grade three when we had netball trials. And if you missed one ball, you had to go sit on the bench. And I missed the ball, and I had to go sit on the bench. And um, I think the message of not being chosen for something is just saying you're actually not good enough. And I think all of us can relate to somewhere in your life where you were just not good enough for something. Maybe you were just, and it's fine, you were just not good enough. But that is not what God is saying here. He's saying that we are good enough for the only team that matters and that we don't even have to go for the trials. <laughs> then, um, <clears throat> because we are chosen, he says that we are holy and blameless. And just like with the word saying every spiritual gift, this just totally overwhelms me as well. And my human mind struggles to understand that so many years ago he could have said, he said that we are holy and blameless and he's still saying it today. Even before we were born, he said we were holy and blameless in him and he's still saying it today. And sometimes I want to think like, but what about this? What if I do this? And what about this that I already did? And he just says, but you are holy and blameless in me. And this just so beautifully emphasizes the point that it is not about us um, and that who we are is not about how we feel about ourselves, but that it is completely whose we are because he is holy and blameless. And that's why we can also be holy and blameless. And then it says that we are adopted as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. So when he says that we are adopted as sons, it means that we share in the inheritance. And I don't know, sometimes I've looked at people with a big inheritance and I think like life is sorted for those people, you know, like stuff is really working for them. And in that same way, we have received an inheritance. And maybe it's not in a monetary form, but we still have that inheritance. And like we were singing, um, I think it was the first song, and it says that we are co-heirs with Christ. And just like that, like that's our identity, that we have an inheritance in Christ. And then it talks about being accepted in the beloved. And I think when I think about that, then sometimes we are just not going to make the cut for an invite, you know. We're just not going to be part of 
the in crowd or we're going to be left out of something. But nothing can change the fact that we are accepted in the beloved and nothing can change that. And then if we look at um, where it says that we are redeemed, and I think when Paul wrote this, being redeemed carried a lot more weight than we can understand now. Because then if you were a slave, you were, that was your identity. You were a slave. And then it's, but Jesus says, we are redeemed. We have been ransomed. A price has been paid for our freedom, and it's already been done. And maybe even today still, it's not physical slavery, but your emotional slavery is your identity. And you're entangled in these lies that this is just who you are, and this is how you're always going to be. But there's good news, because it's not. Because he says that we are redeemed, and that yeah, he's already come to do that for us. So, yeah, it just emphasizes to me all these things that he said about us has been spoken over us. It has been proclaimed over us even before we were born, that this is who we are in Christ. And, um, yeah, it just emphasizes that who we are is really not based at all on us, but it is completely based on whose we are. And if we think about these things, then there's such a huge difference to who we said we are in the beginning and how we looked at that and how we look at it from our perspective of Ephesians 1. And I almost want to compare it like the first part being when you buy new clothes. So I don't know if any of you can relate to this. But when I wear new clothes, I feel good about myself. So... <laughs> The other day I was wearing new pants and on my, you know, my day was just, it was working out for me. I was feeling like, this is great and work is even enjoyable that day because I feel like I'm feeling good and looking good. But it didn't last very long and the very next time I wore the same pants, it was like already a bit washed out and worn out and it really just didn't have that same effect on me. And I think the same happens when we put our identity in something that is not lasting and that is passing. And maybe one day it makes us feel good about ourselves, but the very next day it has lost all its power to do the same. But what we read in Ephesians 1 is almost more like a marriage. So when I got married to Herki, the very moment that I decided to do that, I got a new identity in that sense. I got a new surname, a longer one, and, <laughs> and I was now a wife. And nothing that I could now do would change that. Even my identity document was forever changed to this new surname. And it doesn't matter how I feel about us, and sometimes I don't feel as loved or I'm not as secure in our love, but that still does not change who I am now. My surname has been changed forever. And maybe some people might even still remember me by my maiden name, but that still doesn't change what is written on my ID document, that this is now my new surname. And like we said, Paul says that there's only one precondition for us to have this identity in Christ. And that is to believe in Jesus. And when we make that decision, it is an immediate change. It's an immediate identity transformation. 
And we might not always feel that way. And something, sometimes we might need stuff to remind us of our marriage. So, like, we might need to go and revisit our vows. Hopefully not now. It's only been a year and a half. But <laughs> in time. And yesterday we attended a um, couple's party where they've been married for 10 years. And they had, like, a vows renewal. And it was just so beautiful to see how these people the things they promised to each other 10 years ago, they are just reminding each other of those promises. And in the same way, sometimes we'll forget who we are in Jesus. I mean, maybe you've re read Ephesians 1 many times before, but you've forgotten that Jesus says that about you because there's so many other things that we can find to fill our identity. And sometimes it's going well, so we, not, we don't realize that our identity is based on moving things, but then one thing changes, and it just, it's as if the ground under us is taken away, and it was because it was moving ground that it was based on, but it was going well, so we don't really know, but we need to go and remind ourselves, and luckily, God's promises are written down for us, and we can go and revisit these vows on a daily basis, and something else that we do to remind ourselves is that we have a ring, so I can daily look at my ring and see that I'm still married. And that is what in Ephesians 1, um, where it says that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. And this identity that we get is part of our inheritance. And the Holy Spirit reminds us of this. And we carry the seal with us, the Holy Spirit, until the day that we will be glorified. He will be our reminder. And in that day, we will not need to wonder anymore who we are because we'll be sitting next to whose we are and we'll be very much aware of this is who we are. But we don't have to wait for that day. We can already have this identity right now. He's already given it to us now. We already have... Yeah, I just remember um, I once had to go for an interview and my dad just said, Remember, you have everything inside of you that you already need. And this is exactly the same. It says, if our Father is telling us, you have everything inside of you that you already need. There's nothing lacking in who you are. There's nothing you still need to do to prove who you are. I've done that for you. I've proven for you. And, um, but I think, yeah, it's difficult that how do we make sure that who we are is not just like a new set of clothes, but that it is a, like a surname on an ID that is forever changed. And I have found that for myself, it is not necessarily a matter of reciting Ephesians 1 for myself every night or giving myself pep talks on who I am. But for me, it is more a matter of identifying the warning signs of false identity earlier and earlier. And then when I've identified them, to run towards Ephesians 1 instead of running towards other things that can fill my identity. And I want to share just a recent story of, with you, two stories actually, where I really saw some red flashing lights in my life in terms of my identity. And the one was that um, I started a new career about a year and a half ago. And before that, I was a civil engineer. And without realizing, I placed some sort of worth 
in that. And the fact that people could ask me, what do I do? And I enjoyed the way they would react. And yeah, it sounds vain now, but I mean, <laughs> it was true in my life. So um, when I got this new job, I couldn't, in the beginning it was fine because I could still sort of, you know, slip it in like, I just changed careers, I'm actually an engineer. But now it would just be awkward because it doesn't, yeah, that's not what I do anymore. And when I thought about this and that this was at all an issue in my life, it was really just these red flashing lights of saying, but who you are is based on what you do. And it's based on something that is moving and something that will never be steadfast. And I mean, we could lose our jobs tomorrow. And so we can't put our identity in, who you, in what we do. And another story um, where I saw some warning lights was last year, December. And I was extremely stressed out about work. And I always believed that if I just do a job where no one can die when I make a mistake, like in engineering, then I won't get stressed ever. But I was still stressed and no one could die, so it wasn't that. And after a lot of analysis of my stress, um, it turned out it was actually just based on me not wanting to disappoint people and me being so aware of what I think people think of me. And once again, it was just like, I'm basing who I am, I'm placing all my identity in what other people think of me or just what I think they think of me. And now I try and just identify these lies earlier on and I try and just when it starts coming I say no I know that you are not who I am I don't have to listen to these lies I don't have to get anxious about these things because this is not who I am I am accepted I am chosen I'm redeemed before anything else and the thing with these false identities is that it steals so much of our time and we ponder about these emotions that are on a roller coaster ride and we analyze why we are not chosen for something or why we don't feel accepted. And it, it just steals so much of who we are if we try and base who we are on all these emotions. And sometimes these warning signs come in the form of problems, like the sh stories I shared with you now, that where something happens and you can see when you trace it back to the root that this is because my identity is not found in Christ. But sometimes these warning signs are not that easy to identify because it's actually going really well. And you don't realize that these things are based on moving things. You don't realize that it is not based in things like Ephesians 1. And I want to challenge you to go in this week and, and to be honest with yourself about what who you are is based on. And yeah, maybe you sit with scenarios like I explained and it is easy to trace it back, but maybe it is not so easy for you to identify because maybe, like I said, it is going well and then we need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what our identity is based on and we need to ask him to show us and if he shows us, then we can run towards Jesus. And I know that my identity is not fully found in Jesus yet. And, but it's not a problem because I know that 
every time I get faced with one of these scenarios, then we just have to choose to run towards Jesus and to run towards his identity instead of trying to fill it up with all these other things because we can easily find other things. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be long, and I actually just want to end off with a beautiful picture that Henny shared with me while we were talking about the message. And it's like our identity in Christ is an anchor to our souls. And just like a boat needs to throw its anchor into the solid surface, and this boat is lying on an unstable ocean, and we cannot change the ocean, just like we cannot change our environment and the instability of our environment and how it goes up and down. But we need to throw our anchor through our environment into the ocean bed of Ephesians 1, where it's stable and where it can never change because Jesus will never change. And I want us to just um, read from Hebrews 6 verse 19. And it says, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. And, yeah, I don't know where you are in terms of who you are and um, how far maybe you've been on this journey yourself, but um, I know that it is not sustainable for us to find our identity in something else than in Christ. And like when we started, I was just overwhelmed by the fact that Jesus is really alive and he is alive for us and, and we can find this in him and we can talk to him about this deity. And maybe um, you just need to, maybe you're at a place where you just need to revisit the vows and you just need to, be reminded again of these promises that God says about you. And I want to encourage you to, in this week, to go and read Ephesians 1 again. And there's so many other gems in there that you can get for yourself about who you are. And, yeah, maybe you must just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about this, to speak to you about who you are. And I want to invite you tonight to do that as well. And maybe... You just need someone to pray with you, to give you perspective of who you are, because maybe you're so entangled in lies of what people have told you and labels that people have put on you that is not from God and that is not found in what Ephesians 1 says about us. And, um, yeah, maybe the band can just come up and we can just, um, in this time when they play, I would just like you to take this time and just talk to God and just... Be honest with yourself. I mean, it is something that we can try and lie to ourselves about as well. And um, we can think that our identity is solid and that we are established. And, but it's just because stuff's working out. Um, but maybe you're in a place where it's not working out. And like I said, then it will be easier for you. But we don't have to wait for that moment of stuff not working out for us for us to identify that, that our identity is not established. And, um, yeah, so let's sing and let's just take this time. And there are so many people wanting everyone who was at School of Prophecy to just speak to us and give us words as well. So I want to invite you to come. And if maybe you just again need to 
make that marriage commitment almost to God, then I want to invite you to come and do that. And if you just need to renew your vows to come and do that, and if maybe you feel like you've just lost your ring of the seal of the Holy Spirit along the way, then just come and let the Holy Spirit just fill you up again and so that He can walk this journey with you as well. And just if you just need truth spoken about over you, then just come and let people speak that truth over you because this has been done for us. There's literally nothing else that we need to do. It's already done and we are already all these things in Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.jarberg.